Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, guys, welcome back to the water cooler. As you know, we are the most statistically average sports podcast in the world. As always, my name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me today is uh, it's Luke, a.k.a. L-Train, down the lane for two. And that's a hat tip to, uh, to my guy, the announcer, <laughs> Austin Carr. Austin Carr. I remember early on in LeBron's career before, um, first couple of years, Michael Regai, who actually does TV for the Orlando Magic now, used to do um, the TV for the Cavs on you know, Fox Sports yeah, Ohio yeah. or whatever. And one game, LeBron went right down the middle of the lane and, uh, you know, dunked it as he, you know, d- did so many times. But he said, Flight 23 blasts off the <laughs> runway. And I'll never forget that one. That's very good. Yeah, they were good. They were fun. But uh, what are we talking about today? So today, we are going to review the NBA offseason, the 2019 NBA offseason so far. Um you know, I may be a, a prisoner of the moment on the statement that I'm about to make, but uh, I think this is without a doubt uh, the the best, the most exciting off season uh, of any sport that I've ever seen I'll in my life. Um, 18 of the 28 All Stars, not from last year, but from the 2018 season. 18 of the 28 All Stars from the 2018 season have changed teams in this off season. Um, and one other thing I just want to point out. Um, I believe it was like 40% of the league was, crazy. Gonna, was eligible. We're, we're to eligible. Yeah. And there, there's a lot more things that are going to continue to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still guys out there. But, uh, you know, the main stuff, the, the main dominoes have fallen. I think the one thing that, that's probably still yet to happen is the Chris Paul thing. But I think he's probably going to go to Miami. I, I get the so. sense. But I, I just want to say one thing. Adrian uh, Wojnarowski is, is an absolute national treasure. You know, he was what with Yahoo before he went to ESPN. Yep. ESPN getting Woj from, from Yahoo. I, he is the most dialed-in insider of of any sport. I mean, that guy is he is just outstanding. So let's get into um, let's get into the off season. Let's just go right right to it. who was the best free agent signing? Couple, one or two. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think the stuff about him being the the best player in the league might be a little bit premature. It is. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, Durant being hurt, LeBron coming off a season where, where he got injured. And let's be honest, he kind of mailed it in a little bit. Who? Bron. But, um, mm-hmm. but, but Kawhi, you know, I, I mean, he doesn't have any MVPs and he's probably not going to win any because he's huge on... Uh, quote unquote load management you know he's gonna sit those games out and um, you know he's all about those uh, those summer runs for the uh, for the title lucky for him he now plays with a guy that finished third in the MVP voting last year <laughs> we'll get into Paul George um <clears throat> you know you, you got any other ones um yeah uh, obviously the two the two in Brooklyn there KD and, and Kyrie but uh, I want to talk about uh, Malcolm Brogdon I think that's a really really good one um, I do think he was overpaid, but I do th- I, I think that uh, 
I think that that was big for um, the Pacers. So he got four for 84. He's 26 years old, but he's defender. He'll defend all five. And he's a 50-40-90 guy, which basically I think the only other guy in the league right now that's a 50-40-90 guy is your most overrated player in the in, in the NBA. So that would, that, he, would, that would be I don't Steph even know Curry. if he is. I don't even know if Steph he is. He has but, been in the past. But Brogdon, yeah, it's a guy that you, you know that you're going to get 28 minutes of all out just passion and basketball. Mm-hmm. But that, that was a big one for me. How about you? Yeah, I would go with Kawhi. Um, you know, 28 years old. He signed a, a really team-friendly, a shorter deal. Three Everyone's years. making a big deal about the. I, I just think he ends up resigning there just for more money. He will, but what he, he did, he, he well, but he also aligned with with Paul George's contract. Mm-hmm. I think he allows himself flexibility. Um, you know, he's a two-time champion. He's a two-time MVP of the finals. He's in his prime. He's shown he can, you know, really carry a team. Um, and he's also shown that he can attract top flight guys. So for me, that was a really, really good one. Uh, um, Bogdanovich to the Jazz. Uh, he's 30 years old, four years, 73 million, maybe a little bit expensive, but um, you know he is an Wait, what, out. What was the deal? Four years, 73 million. He is a really, really good basketball player. You know, he was a killer last year in Indiana. Once Oladipo got hurt, it was really a breakout season for him. Um, he, you know, he we we were just kind of having a conversation before we started some of those uh, Cavs playoff series in the past with uh, with. You know, Indiana. There was some nights where he was the best player on the floor for 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 Indiana. Oh, no doubt. So, um, you know, he can shoot, he can handle the ball. You know, he's an underrated wing defender. Uh, I thought that was was a really great one. And an honorable mention for me uh, is Clay Thompson returning to the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they they paid him everything. They gave him the max. Did you uh, think there was a possibility after the injury that he was going to leave? I thought there was none. No, listen, I don't think it's a possibility, but but let me tell you something. With the amount of players that have moved, um, with the amount of players that have moved, I think any team that was able to uh, hold on to their top guys, it, it's it's a win. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is this: I saw I saw something on on uh, ESPN this morning. With Russell Westbrook being traded to the Rockets, you know who the longest tenured player with their team is? Yeah, it's uh, Steph. It's also your most overrated player yeah, in the NBA. So, you know, I think for, for, for the Warriors, with all the change that's happening, uh, I think the fact that they've been able to maintain their core, their, their three core guys. Pretty shrewd move to, to do the sign and trade. Uh, to give them a trade piece. I mean, they're not going to keep D'Angelo Russell uh, long term. No, but it's maybe. Good... I mean, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe he fits in perfectly. I don't know. Listen, you you give me that look. That kid's a killer, man. I think he fits in. I think we'll we'll, we'll get into it because because I want to I want to highlight that a little bit. Okay, let's talk about the worst free agents. I have a very strong feeling that our, we're going to have the same one. I, I just have I have one because it was just so appalling and it was uh, it was some not my goat. But MJ doing some nasty work and getting Terry Rozier three for fifty eight. Scary Terry Rozier, and right. and, I, and I go back to the Rosillo tweet that you sent me. <laughs> Scary contract Rozier, um, three years, fifty eight million. Gross. Um, you know where is that team going? You know the Charlotte Hornets. I I I, I sit there and I think about it, and I, I was as I was preparing for this. If they were an SEC team, if they were an SEC football team, there would be a fire Michael Jordan website out there right now, like. <laughs> Like it's 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 crazy how bad 
he has been as a front office executive for the for the Wizards and now as an owner. Um, you know, for, See, when he for, let Kemba walk, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, you, you, what you don't want to do? pay him. You're gonna, yeah, yeah, you're gonna go deep into the tax, and you're gonna be battling to try and get an eight for you know the foreseeable future. Well, n- now, I, I mean, you might have the worst roster in the league, and you're still at, at the at the tax apron. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, but that was that was just so bad. You got any other ones? I, I, I don't. My other one is Harrison Barnes to Sacramento, four years, eighty-five million. Um, you know, it, it it feels like they're trying to build that team around him, him and 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 uh, De'Aaron Fox, and, and 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 to a lesser extent, Buddy Buddy Hield and, and Marvin Bagley. But you know, Harrison Barnes has showed on the biggest stage that he's not a primetime player. Um, you know, it just feels like more of a disappointment for that Sacramento fan base. I remember a few years ago when Kevin Johnson, who's like the mayor of Sacramento, old KJ, the the old uh, Suns point guard, and Cavs, by the way, he was drafted. I think yeah. he was actually drafted by the Cavs. You know, he had to step in and, and, and you know, really, um, uh, you know, campaign to get city funds to keep that team from yeah. moving to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you do that to give Harrison Barnes $85 million. To me, that's just, that's a major, major disappointment. Um, I just, you know, but, but nothing, everything else pales in comparison to, to that, to that Rosier contract. So let's transition to the draft. Which team do you think had the best draft? Pretty easy. It's a, you know, cop out here, but, uh, I'm going with the, the Pelicans. Um, they were in pretty good position after that trade with the Lakers. Um, and then they had that attractive fourth pick that everyone knew that they were going to move, uh, and they end up moving back down. And they they get uh, Jackson Hayes to go with mm-hmm. with Zion, which gives them, you know, for the foreseeable future, a pretty uh, formidable uh, and athletic um, <clears throat> uh, front court. But some 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 comparisons here for Jackson Hayes. Uh, this is from five thirty eight. Their Carmelo projections. Uh, Zach Collins, Marquise Chris, Wendell Carter, Chris Bosh. Um, then you got some bad ones too. You get Noah Vonley and, and some other stuff. But uh, Bam Adebayo's in there. I would argue that Marquise Chris isn't a great. It's not awesome. It's not awesome. But um, but you know those are some of the those are some of the comps there. But um, I think that they're in. Uh, they had. I just think they had the best draft. And then they they get uh, Nikhil Walker Alexander at the end there, and he's a. I really like that. The yeah. kid from Virginia Tech. Yep, thirty eight percent three point shooter. Um, <clears throat> he's 20, he was a sophomore, but I think that was a great pick late in the first. I would go with Atlanta. Uh, I thought the Hawks had a really great draft. I, You know, you, you couple it with what they did last year in the draft to bring in a guy like DeAndre Hunter. You know, he's, he's 6'7", he's, you know, 225 pounds. The GM knows what he wants. He was the best defender in the draft. Um, he was the star of the national championship game. Um, so, so to get him at number four and then to turn back around and get the guy who probably, in, in my opinion, has the highest ceiling, and that's Cam Reddish. Um, you know, Cam Reddish is, is 6'8", 208. He's long. He can shoot. Obviously, some concerns with Cam Reddish from, from a work ethic and an attitude uh, standpoint, but he was hurt a little bit at Duke this year. He had some some core issues and some back issues. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't. That, that wasn't very highly publicized. 
So I think some of his performance, you know, he hit the game-winning shot against Florida State. I watched that game. It was awesome. I feel like Cam Reddish, you know, has the potential to be a star in the league. So to get the, so to get DeAndre Hunter at four, get Cam Reddish in ten, at ten, and then turn around and get the center from Maryland, Bruno Fernandez at thirty-four. You know, look, I'm not watching a lot of Maryland hoops, mm-hmm. but I obviously, as we all know, I am a Michigan fan. I do watch a lot of Big Ten basketball. And Bruno Fernandez was a guy that popped a lot on the screen in games. He's a, he's a big body guy. He's physical, and uh, I just really really liked what what Atlanta did. Flip side, who do you think had the worst draft? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sabo, because for me it was the Atlanta Hawks. Because <laughs> you hate Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. I just I just uh, there was some stuff out there on, on Reddish and, and uh, the core stuff. It was really you. You you made a good point there. It was kept quiet, um, <clears throat> and I'm not exactly sure why, but th- maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but uh, but he was by all uh, measures, by all statistical measures, one of the worst prospects um, out there. I mean, he was just terrible. Um, <clears throat> and then DeAndre Hunter was a guy that I was not really all that interested in. Um, you know, the cast picked five there. I was hoping that Garland would fall. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I was really, really happy when Atlanta traded up because everyone knew that they had only worked out one player and that they were going after him. Um, they were going after DeAndre Hunter. And like you said, he was a good defender, and that's great. And they do have a ton of scoring there with Herter and, uh, and Trey. And, uh, and, and maybe, theoretically, Cam is, uh, can score or at least shoot. But, um, and I do say that theoretically. But, uh, but that was, for me, the worst. You know, to give up assets and move up to take DeAndre Hunter. I, I would just, you know, I would I would uh, caution you to be so down on a guy like Cam Reddish. I mean, you know, the number one and the number three pick were on his team at Duke. It's hard to yeah, be, fair. it's hard to shine when there's guys, there's other guys on your team that are such, you know, highly touted prospects. So, you know, I, I just... I would say give Cam Reddish the time. I see the potential there, um, you know, and, and, and I think he's going to end up. I think he's going to end up proving a lot of his doubters like you wrong. So this is this is just real quick to just to touch on some yeah. of it. Um, and I, I had sent you this, but um, of 140, I don't pay attention to most of the things you send me. You send me a lot. So it's it's nine. This this is players that took nine or more three point attempts um, per hundred possessions. There's 141 drafted players, and that includes the likely 2019 drafts. In field goal percentage, Reddish ranked 141st, and two-point, 138, three-point, 134. Free throw, 94. Um, assist to turnover, 129, and points per 100, 129. Now, some of those stuff will lend itself to being the third guy um, when you have the number one and the number three draft pick on that stuff, but the shooting numbers are just inexcusable. Like... If anything, those numbers should be elevated. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be the third guy, you need to be at least more efficient. So that was eye-opening to me because you know the defenses are gonna be, they're you know they're they're on Zion and, and and RJ, so he should be able to get open like he did in that Florida State game when he did get wide open and did have the stones to bury it. it. He did, but um, but that was just something that that popped up for me that was just I couldn't I just couldn't get past with with Reddish. The team for me that had the worst track, you know. <laughs> The Orlando Magic is, in my opinion, next right next to the Charlotte Hornets, and 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 I touched on Sacramento a little bit. 
They are a what-are-they-doing-where-are-they-going team. Uh, at 16, Orlando took the Okiki kid from, from Auburn who tore his ACL. Um, yeah. You know, they, and they also made some questionable free agent signings. I, I just... For me, that team—it's real. This is really more of a of a career achievement with Orlando. Just, I think I think in a vacuum, maybe that one single draft pick at sixteen probably isn't 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 horrific because the Okiki kid was was, you know, he, he's a, he's a good player. I just feel like at seventeen you could have got significantly more. Or excuse me, sixteen you could have got significantly more value. So I, I'm I was really disappointed with with what Orlando did. Seven seed in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I hear you. I just don't know if they go up from there. Yeah, are are have they improved? Uh, I mean, what if Fultz turns out to be what everyone thought? Oh he might man, be? that that's a big if. What if? No, for sure, it is. It is. He's on it his is. third team now. It is. Uh, God, yeah. that that Boston getting Jason Tatum—they absolutely hoodwinked the process in that one. So we talked, you know, we talked about, you know, can Orlando improve? Who, in your opinion, um, you know, who's the most improved team? So for me, it kind of goes back to who I talked about earlier with the best signing. I'm going with the Pacers. Um, they were a five seed last year at uh, 48 and 34. And like you mentioned, they uh, they did lose Bogdanovich. Um, That's huge. And I think, I, I do think, though, that, that Brogdon is a nice step in, you know, to kind of replace those minutes. Um, <clears throat> he's the younger uh, better defender, not as good a shooter. Well, maybe he is, but um, he and Brogdon's a great shooter. Yeah, it's, it's just not as not going to get as much volume. And we'll see how good he is. You know, sometimes the expectations of signing big contracts makes makes guys yeah, not probably, perform it's, as it's well. easy to play alongside Giannis. He's not going to yeah. have that kind of that's right that kind of help. Well, Old Depot, you know, Old Depot's a driving dish guy too. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see what happens with with uh, with Old Depot when he's able to come back. Um, you know, off that injury, but um, some of the other moves they made, they did sign Jeremy Lamb, uh, which I liked. I liked Jeremy Lamb. And then uh, the trade for TJ Warren, which was kind of weird. I love that. I know that Phoenix was trying to get off the contract, but I, I can't remember what the exact trade was, but they didn't give up anything. I think they took him into an exception. I love I love TJ Warren. He's 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 an attitude guy. He's a tough guy. He plays strong defense. He's a three and D guy and, and he's got the strongest shoe game in the NBA. I mean there's <laughs> there's no question. I mean his shoe game is, is is crazy. And so the only the only negative um that I could see from from their their overall offseason was uh, they do have three TJs now. That's right. An NBA team has ever and won they, a title with well, TJ. And they had TJ Ford, too. Somebody I saw a tweet <laughs> where they were talking about that. How about you? Uh, I got a couple. Um, you know, I, I think first and foremost, the Clippers. Uh, you know, adding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Nobody added two MVP candidates in the offseason. Um, you know, I, I, I would, you know, somebody may say, uh, you know, New Jersey, the Nets, or excuse me, Brooklyn. The Nets, but they, Kawhi or, or Kyrie Irving's never been an MVP candidate, and and I don't, you know, I just I don't think anybody added more talent than the Clippers, high end talent, and they also have a strong rotation, minimal holes. They got they got you know a strong starting five. They got they got a, they got a good core coming off the bench. Uh, I will save predictions for our upcoming. Um, 
you know, NBA preview that you guys should see in September or October, but I would anticipate me saying a lot of good things about the Clippers. The other ones, the Pelicans, you talked about, you know, their draft, but I think beyond the draft, the Anthony Davis trade, you know, to bring in uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, they drafted Zion Jackson Hayes and and the, um, the the kid from Virginia Tech, and then you throw in the JJ Redick signing in free agency. Yeah, uh, you he's know, never missed the playoffs. He's no, he's he hasn't, and I just think the Pelicans, you know, David Griffin has done such an outstanding job. You know, that's another black eye in my opinion on on. Um, um, Jesus, I'm, who's the owner of the Cavs? I'm forgetting. Gilbert. Dan, Dan Gilbert. You know, that's another black guy. You know, if David Griffin doesn't leave, Kyrie probably, or if 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 Gilbert figures out what pays Griffin, you know, that that was just the beginning of the end. And you've seen, you know, with the Pelicans, how quickly a strong season GM can really turn that team around. And an honorable mention for me is uh, the Utah Jazz. You know, to add Mike Conley and, and Bogdanovich to a team that was already really, really good with Rudy Gobert and, <clears throat> you know, Donovan Mitchell, um, I think that Utah team is going to be very, very strong. Agree very strongly. Uh, worst offseason. All right. So for me, it's Oklahoma City. Um, <clears throat> so. Bill Simmons can't seem to think. He, I mean, he 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 just is like all over this. Is like the do you best not like? Trade do ever. you not like Bill Simmons? I love Bill Simmons, <laughs> which it doesn't way, surprise me. But he's just going like. on and on and on and on about the best draft haul, the best trade haul ever for this trade. And I just kind of want to look at this and, and go over it. Um, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I actually this, I actually took a picture of a graphic. I'm pulling up my phone. So in the off season this year. Oklahoma City has acquired eight first-round draft picks. They have 15 total first-round picks through 2026, and they have four chances to swap first-round picks through 2026. So while they got worse, I would argue that they they did it the right way. They have they have the quickest path to rebuilding a strong team. You have to remember, this is the team that has. Three, they, they drafted three MVPs. I, I understand that, but what have they done since then? You know, the, the draft history there um, is not is not great. Um, and they also draft and they also drafted uh, Ibaka. Yeah. So let, let's but let let's go over the actual trade here. I want to talk about those fifteen or sixteen. Which one are we? Are we talking about the Paul George trade specifically? Are we talking about the Russell Westbrook? Are we talking about both of them? This is this is the um, the Clippers trade. Okay, so the Paul uh, oh, no, I'm, trade. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, there was both of them. Uh, so combined, yeah, George and Westbrook. All right, so <clears throat> and there's a reason teams are trading these first round picks because you know where they're going to be. They're going to be late in the draft. Maybe look, maybe in 2026, Houston and LAC, but we'll we'll get to it. So 2020, they have their own. It's protected one through 20, or yeah, their own. It, they'll keep it. In 2020, they have Denver's pick. They're not going to get that one. That's going to convey to two seconds. It's protected 11 to 30. Denver's going to be picking there. They're not going to get that one. In 2021, they have swap rights with Houston. They're not going to use that because Houston's going to be picking later than them. Um, <clears throat> in uh, 2021, they'll have that uh, that pick. With, is, is 2021 Miami. It's unprotected, likely in the 20s. Obviously, they'll get to keep that one, but that's a late pick. You know, you have to hit. You have to hit on these picks for this trade to make any kind of sense. 
2022, they have their own. They'll get to keep that one. 2022, they have the Clippers, no protection. It's going to be late. Uh, 2023, they have their own. And they also have a pick swap with the Clippers that they won't use because they'll be picking higher. 2023, Miami, 15 to 30. That's a 50-50 chance. Say they do get, say Miami gets Chris Paul. You know, I, I understand Chris Paul's late, you know, his, his career is winding down. He's on the back nine there of his career. But uh, there's a 50-50 shot that they get that first round He's pick. on about the 17th hole, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2024, they got their own, and they got Houston's, um, which is protected 5-30. to 30. They're not getting that. Houston won't be picking in the top five. Um, they have swap rights in 2025 with both the Clippers and the Rockets. They're most likely not swapping any of those. So now you're starting to look. It's 2026. So 2025, maybe they'll swap with one of those teams. Maybe. Six, seven years down the line. We literally just did this with the Brooklyn-Boston trade. Everyone loved, everyone thought Boston won the trade, and they did. You're talking about Kevin Garnett. That was and, Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Pierce, and Terry went to Brooklyn for a bevy of picks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it took place in 13, 2013. Boston yeah, but look how won that, the trade. Look how that helped Brooklyn, though. Yeah, but that's what the, I'm saying. The Here, core that's around that 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 enabled them to bring in Kyrie and and and, and Kevin Durant is yeah, but they was uh, from they were the picks. ones trading for the players. Yeah. Boston was the I one that you. got the assets, and now here we are, just seven years later, which is when these picks, these last picks, kick in for in, in, in these trades, and Brooklyn's closer to a title right now than Boston is. So it's what it, I would disagree. Not not this next year, not next year. Well. Neither one of them are winning a title next year. I'm just saying, if if and Boston's, Boston's gonna, closer, all right for 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 18, but then for the next for the following couple of years, and then what happens? What happens are. in you know what happens in 2020? When, well, that's what I'm saying. When Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant don't get along because Kyrie thinks it's his team because he's a shitty teammate. <laughs> but I the mean, thing is, the thing is, is these trades like it's one thing to get. All those assets, especially in basketball, when you're picking late in in the first round, like it's so hard to find a guy like that is going to be a game changer. I hear you. So their own picks are the ones that are the most, and they they had those anyway. So it's just to me, I just don't. I mean, I kind of understand you have to get rid of Paul George if he's un, if he's going to be unhappy or if he's not going to report whatever it is. I, I get it, but I just don't think it's that great a trade. Um, I mean, I think it's. It's good that you you have something to build on, but I just don't think it's like the greatest trade haul ever. You know, it's it's basically the the Herschel Walker. Boston turned all those assets into Jason Tatum and um, uh, Jalen Brown. To me, it feels like the Herschel Walker deal when the Cowboys traded Herschel yeah. Walker, and you know the Cowboys turned that into like Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael right. Irvin. You know that worked out pretty good for them. But but again, we just saw Boston do it. I hear you, and I just I don't I don't know. They they turned it into two guys. I understand they traded for Kyrie and he walked. I get that, um, but even that pick turned into Colin Sexton. Who, I just I don't I don't think you know when when Paul George comes and says he wants to be traded, he's he, you know he's not happy playing with Westbrook or, or whatever, and then you're kind of back to this situation where you just have Russell Westbrook and you kind of know how that played out. To me. They just uh, accelerated their their rebuild process. It's not a destination for free agents. Well, um, I think individually, I think they did a great job getting uh, the pick back for Westbrook. Yeah, my worst. I think we we beat the 
OKC yes, thing. Sorry. We we will we we do not agree on that. I think I think that's clear. My worst is is the Knicks. I I think just from an expectation standpoint, I, I'm really looking at it more from a Knicks fans perspective. Uh, in my opinion, the Knicks maybe had the worst off season ever. If you're a fan, when you go into the off season with the opportunity to get you know Zion Williamson with the number one pick. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and then you know one by one, all those dominoes basically go bad, right? You you lose in the you lose, you know, in air quotes in the in the lottery, and then you know not and not to mention what started this whole process was them trading Kristaps Porzingis, right? Yeah, to so, open up the space. So they trade Porzingis to you know try to tank, and so you lose you know a star. Maybe not necessarily a superstar, but he's 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 trending in that direction. Then you don't get the pick. Uh, obviously, R.J. Barrett is is a nice consolation prize. I think R.J. Barrett's going to be an outstanding. I think I think he's a star in the making. To be honest with you, um, I would probably I think long term, I think Zion Williamson is closer to the player that he's going to be than. R.J. Barrett is. I think R.J. Barrett has a higher ceiling from where he's at right now. More room to grow. Okay. So so Barrett is a good consolation prize, but not getting KD, not getting Kyrie, no Zion. Power forwards. And then, you know, Julius, as the consolation prize, you know, giving Julius Randle $63 million, giving Bobby Portis and, and, and Taj Gibson $51 million combined, and then signing, you know, I think they gave like $20 million to Reggie Bullock. Uh, they brought in Wayne Ellington. I mean, it's just, it's tough, you know. And if and if you, you know, doubt, just Google Stephen A. Smith ran on the Knicks. You know, he's a, he's a Knicks fan, and he's he's really really upset. So, you know, for me, it's the Knicks, and it's really, you know, not necessarily from a from a basketball perspective, just more from a fan's perspective and expectations and the road that they took by 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 giving away their, their greatest asset in an attempt to, to get somewhere. And now, you know, they're they set themselves back five or six years probably. Absolutely. Um so the last thing here, what team or teams are you looking forward? Are you the most excited to watch this year? I'm just excited to order League Pass and like yeah, use it this year. Me too. Um, I really think they need to bring NBA Jam back because the duos are just sick. You know, you got even even in the East. You know, you know Philly's got some interesting stuff going on. It's Milwaukee. Funny you say that. Hold on, I want to. I just want to touch on something. So uh, the T-shirt company, shout out uh, Homage, which is located uh, in, in in Columbus, Ohio. You can go on their their website. They have NBA Jam T-shirts. Yeah, and. Uh, I saw a tweet today where somebody tweeted out the 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 new OKC um, homage t- the NBA Jam T-shirt, yeah. which was Chris Paul in a in a 2024 first round draft pick, <laughs> like in like an empty <laughs> slot. <laughs> yeah. That's so, great, yeah. but yeah, I'm just I'm just ex- I'm excited to watch um, to watch League Pass this year, and uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not so stoked to stay up late because all the all the teams out there on these are on the West Coast for Western Conference, but. You know, you mentioned it too. The Jazz. I mean, the Nuggets, uh, the Blazers. Even. I mean, it's going to be a fun. The, the, fun, the who? Fun. Who was that last one? I thought you didn't like Big Game Dave. 
I I mean they're six seed. It's my they, guy. They're not they're they're six seed. I love I love Dame Lillard. But uh but yeah I mean that's just a, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun this year. You know I'm really excited to watch the Cavs. Uh, I have four teams on here and I'll kind of just touch on it briefly. I'm really excited to watch the Cavs. You know last year was with the Cavs especially was kind of of a of a you know a cooling down period for me after a little bit of fatigue of just four years of highs and lows and. Long playoff, like like I'm out there playing in the games or something. But, you know, just every day with the Cavs for four years straight was just something else. Some story with the media, LeBron's not happy, is he leaving, front office, ownership, Kyrie. Like, it was just, you know, and then obviously losing four, you know, three times in, in, in the finals. Um you know, it was just tough. So I'm really excited to watch this young Cavs team. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this one thing I'm about to say because you disagree with me vehemently. But I would really like to see them trade Kevin Love. I want to see these young players kind of grow and develop. I, to be honest with you, I'd probably like to see him trade Tristan Thompson as well and just run run with the young guys. But But I'm really excited to watch the Cavs. I'm really excited to watch the Mavericks. You know, yeah. I, I like Porzingis. I like, um, you know, Luka Doncic. I like some of the other things they've done. They brought in, you know, some other guys. Really excited for them. The Pelicans, obviously, we touched on that. I think they're one of the most improved teams. I think the Pelicans are going to be really fun to watch. I think they're going to be an up-and-down oh, team, yeah. high-flying. And and the last one is is, is the Golden State Warriors. Um, I, it's, it's, it, I can't believe how much of a 180 I've done with the Warriors. Uh you know, I still really don't like Draymond Green a whole lot, um, but I'm just excited to to see a team that, um, you know, with the ups and downs now that they've gone through, they've faced a little bit of adversity, they're seasoned. Uh, I'm excited to see how, you know, obviously Clay Thompson's going to be hurt for a while, but he'll come back at some point in the season. He'll be a welcome addition, I'm sure, at that point. I think D'Angelo Russell's going to be fun. I know you don't really agree with me on that one. I, you know, I always enjoy watching Steph. I just like what that team. Uh, I, I like. I like who they are now. They're they're back to being who they were, like when Mark Jackson was the coach, kind of this underdog team. And I'm just excited to see the next iteration. So those are the teams: Cavs, Mavs, Pelicans, Warriors, and you know, look. Everybody wants to see the Lakers. Everybody wants to see the, you know. The, the Clippers, you know, I think, you know, there's other teams that, that are going to be fun to watch. But for me, those are the, the ones that, that I'm... You better I'm get to like Draymond, though, because we're going to have all that space after we trade Kevin Love. And, you know, Dan Gilbert's going to hit that Michigan State connection up and max him out this summer. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. This was our uh, NBA, 2019 NBA offseason preview. Be on the lookout for, for more episodes and obviously be on the lookout for... Um, our 2020, I guess, 2019-2020 NBA season preview coming later this year. Everybody have a great day.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.